man. Watch out, Doc. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Do you have questions or need advice for all the aches and pains in your life? We've got you covered. This is Doc Talk with Hans Olsen on 97.5 and 1280. The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Oh, it is that time again. It is Doc Talk brought to you by University of Utah Health here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. And we have one of our favorites in studio today, Dr. Nick Monson. Dr. Monson, how are you? What's going on, man? It's good to be back. I'm glad to have you back, man. I love Thursday evenings because you get a little bit of Doc Talk and then you get the Movie Zone. And Austin, of course, is one of the hosts of the Movie Zone. And I, Dr. Monson, I don't know if you watch Yellowstone. Do you watch Yellowstone? No, I it, haven't seen it. It's a special on Paramount Network, and it's a Kevin Costner, but it was written by Sheridan, Taylor Sheridan, who's fantastic. We're down to, I think, just two episodes. I have not watched yesterday's. I'm about ready to get involved on yesterday's, but just down to two final episodes. I haven't touched season two yet. Oh, man. It's, I've been saving it up. Oh, it's good. Th- this needs like, to be part of my night, huh? Yeah. Like, it's it's high-level good. Um, do you know, have you watched any of the Ter- Taylor Sheridan movies? Like, there's no uh, Hell or High Water. There's uh, Wind River. Oh, man. Have you watched any of these? I don't think I remember if I have. His, uh, his Sicario, imi- Day of the Soldado. Mem- memorable. Sicario. Yeah. His imagery is really incredible. Okay. Like, he, he goes into mountains, and he yeah. does a lot of filming here in Utah, but anyways... He did this show Yellowstone, and a lot of it's filmed here. Oh, cool! And they use the Promontory Golf Club as like yeah. the the clubhouse for a lot of the, the the show. So it's just fun because it's kind of got a local touch, but it's yeah. still high quality and it's a series. You got to give it a watch. And I think there's only one more. I didn't watch yesterday's episode, but I think there's only one more. But stay tuned after Doc Talk. You're gonna get the Movie Zone with Austin Horton and Adrian Leiser. So, Dr. Monson, man, we've got a lot going on. You're, first of all, you're busy. I'm busy, yeah. Yeah, because I know that you help with the football team, and, and you do much more than that. And yeah. Plus, you know, you've got summer conditions, so kids are out there being yeah. knuckleheads <laughs> and busting up all kinds of things. What keeps you more busy, the University of Utah and their sports programs, or, or is it just the overall care of, uh, of the citizens? Yeah, I mean, it's probably more knuckleheads than University of Utah, but it's both in the, in the end. We, we uh, stay busy. We just had, obviously, school starting up and uh, physicals of hundreds of University of Utah athletes and got the uh, all the athletes coming back in with a new batch that you always have to learn their medical history and get to know them and their injuries and what you have to do to get them ready to compete at a high level. Uh, it's It's got to just be busy. Is it hard to be a physician for a college football team? That's awesome. It's I mean, awesome. Oh yeah. I mean, it depends on what you want to call hard, but it's the best job in the world. Well, I, I absolutely I, love what I do, but it's time consuming. But how bad does it? How how difficult is it when a kid? I'll take you back to my my rookie year with the Indianapolis Colts. I broke my hand. This I was just showing you the break I had. It's yeah. a, a metacarpal. Yep. And it's the, what is that? The first? Yours, that's the second. That's the second. Yeah, the pointer finger. And it broke in two different areas and then splintered right down the center. Yeah. And it, just a devastating I, – I went into the, the orthopedic surgeon, and they took the X-ray. And I, and I could feel it, like, crunching and moving yeah. when I would move my hand. But they took the X-ray, and I'm still thinking, oh, it's not broke, because <laughs> how could it be broke my rookie year when I'm trying to make this team? Right. They show me the image, 
and they tell me, son, you're going to need surgery and you're going to be out. And my whole world came tumbling down. Yeah. And and they had to tell the coach. And Isn't that tough to be a part of that with some of these athletes? Yeah, it, it definitely is. And the metacarpal fracture is a much different level than some of the other injuries, like an ACL tear or an Achilles tear or something that has a much longer implication oh, for yeah, time out. Right. You know what I mean? And potential effect on your ability to come back and play the game. Yeah. An Achilles or yep. a patellar tendon or something terrible. Correct. Um, and, and that's got to be even more difficult to it talk is. to a kid with. Yeah, I mean, you hear about the stages of grief. You know, we talk about those. They're real. You watch the athlete go through those where they don't believe it at the start. They're super angry about it. They go through every stage, and, and, and it's tough. But you walk them through it, and, and it ends up being a rewarding experience for everybody. Well, I know that you work with the football team, and, and I, I definitely don't want to get into specifics, but I'm talking about metacarpal breaks or metacarpal fractures. Are there different levels of fractures in a hand for an athlete? Yeah, definitely. Uh, when you talk about the metacarpals, you think about um, you have kind of uh, pillars to the metacarpals. If you put your hand up, the pointer finger and the pinky finger are kind of the pillars to the to the hand, and, and different fingers can take different amounts of angulation of the fracture. So, like, if you break your pinky finger, very rarely do we have to even do surgery on that one, depending where it's broken. Like a, a boxer's fracture towards the end, we almost always just watch those. Uh, one that's on, like, the second or third finger, the pointer even on, finger. Even on an athlete, like even a on an athlete. football player, you're just going to watch it. Yeah, typically you do, and you can let them play through it. You, you cast them up and you let them go. Um, the ones that are a little bit more towards the thumb side, you have to be a little bit more cautious with how much motion or, or movement they have because those have a harder time healing and they can have significant deficit in their movement in the future if you're not careful about treating that correctly. I, I don't know you know, what affiliation or if you have anything to do with with Zach Moss and, the, and his hand situation. I don't even want to know the details on that um, from you just – based off of what you do but I, I i am curious how long it does a simple fracture not a displaced not a uh, not a uh, compound just a simple fracture in the metatarsal metacarpal how long yeah. does that take to come back from uh for you and me if we're talking about yeah. when does it feel better we're talking probably on the average of four to six weeks okay it's a bony healing time when you're talking about an athlete getting back to impactful you know their weight bearing on that hand pushing up against something or uh, direct impact you're going to give it just a tiny bit more time to get nice and solid as far as uh, no bracing just full full motion full impact and you're going to be closer to a couple of months for the full impact aspect of it but they hand fractures were pretty aggressive on getting motion back in them fairly quickly we don't like the hands just don't tolerate if you uh, cast them or brace them for too long so there are you know at this point they're already going to be aggressive on getting zach's motion back and getting his movement back despite the fact that the fracture may still be healing okay. which means that often uh, with appropriate bracing you can see him back on the field in a reasonable time well that's good news for the University of Utah, obviously, conference play is very important to them, but yeah. rivalry game out of the gates means a lot to them as well. You know, I was thinking about this. Zach Wilson, the quarterback at BYU, yeah. and, and I know it was funny because uh, I the first time I had you on the show, I, I looked down the rap sheet of your specialties, and it was like full body, and then it pretty much included concussions and, and everything yeah. else. I'm like, yeah. all right, so this Dr. Monson, <laughs> he's, uh, he's pretty well versed. 
he uh, Zach Wilson went through a, a cleanup procedure, a, a surgical procedure on his throwing shoulder, uh-huh. and he's now back. I mean, I've seen enough to know that he is delivering every throw and yeah. and looks very solid. In these procedures, is it about the throwing motion as much as it is about the contact of the shoulder? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, if uh, on a cleanup procedure, and it depends exactly what's done with that, obviously it varies. But uh, typically, if they're going and kind of debriding out some of the bone in there that might be pinching on the shoulder, whatever the case may be, uh, the issue is much more you get rid of the mechanical issue that may be contributing to pain. And then after that, you're really focusing on stabilizing that shoulder with muscle strength. So he's going to spend a ton of time with his athletic training team and his physical therapy team on having just perfect throwing mechanics. Because it sounds like, you know, on the on the shoulder aspect, he's going to be mechanically sound. Now you just have to stabilize everything around it so that it's not prone to re-injure in the future. So if, because my biggest concern with Zach Wilson, and, and I'm sure you've seen him play, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, he's, he's fearless. Yeah. yeah he's he's going to throw his body into the mix. And last year he was BYU's leading rusher yeah. in that rivalry game, 74 or 77 yards in that game. Yeah. Uh, really held the defense honest and, and, and forced them to stay off the edges. Yeah. Would do can 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 he can that shoulder take multiple hits at this point? You know where you've got of what is it three months of recovery, four months of recovery? Can it take a good solid impact? They wouldn't have him out there if they didn't think so. Okay. I mean, the his safety is the first thing that they're going to look at because he is their star. I mean, he leads he leads their offense, and, yeah. and so they're going to make sure that he is sound before they get him back out there. So, you know, without knowing all the details of what he had done, I can't, yeah, right, right, right. you know, give you exact details. But, sure. but I, I would certainly assume so. But I love that aspect. As a as an orthopedic specialist, I love that aspect coming yeah. from you, which is we're not letting our athletes out there if they can't take the impact. Correct. Is, I, is it, It's that simple, right? You, you yeah. can't put a guy on the field that you – fear could take that impact and re-injure this is a discussion i have with athletes every day or even just you know our, our uh, weekend warriors and that is if you can't be at 100 percent, do you want to be out there do you want your opponent to know that you're at 80 percent and to take advantage of that every single time because they'll see that they'll take advantage of that i mean and we've got joe second stringer sitting here who's 100 percent. exactly so you'll lose your position you'll lose you'll lose respect of your team it, it happens really fast so you want to be at or very close to 100% prior to returning. Otherwise, you'll be taken advantage of really quick. So I've got to imagine then one of the most difficult parts for an orthopedic surgeon would be in a championship situation, like we saw Kevin Durant, where totally. you know, you've got this decision on your plate of it's now or never. Yeah, we got to win this. How are you feeling? Well, I'm feeling good. Yeah, I was warm-ups. I, I, I had some explosion on it. That's got to be an intense decision for a guy like Kevin Durant in a championship situation, in an elimination situation. Yeah. I mean, we're in the honey part of the season right now. You can ask me this, and I can sit here and say, yeah, 100%, everything's yeah, good. Yeah, but, yeah. but, you know, you get some bumps and bruises along the way, and some reality starts to happen, and you work around what you can as much as possible. But still, the safety of the athlete would be number one. If they thought that he was going to rupture his Achilles, if they knew that was going to happen— that probably would not would have it wouldn't have happened the way that it did. That's, so there was there was something about that that was still shocking to them. 
Well, we just see Boogie Cousins, too. He goes through the Achilles and then has the quadricep pull. And then he's in training in Vegas, and and that ACL goes on him. Is that related to the quadricep injury? Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, if you have some deficiency in strength surrounding the knee, it puts your knee at a higher risk of injury. So there's a potential. It's not a direct corollary. It's not that the quad attaches to the ACL, but yes, when you look at the mechanics of how that could happen, that that could affect it. It's so funny when I, you know, when I have an opportunity to talk to, to physicians like yourself. Uh, it, it's funny because I, it's like. Um, Talking to a mechanic about a car, and yeah. you're like giving them generals. Like, <laughs> well, I don't know. It clunks and it kind of turns to the side. And what's the problem? And in your mind, you're thinking, well, okay, I've got to know like the exact point of the strain, and I've got to yeah. know the exact point of the fracture and the surgical repair. So I, I appreciate your willingness just to give give me generalities because I, I know that's not easy as a physician because you're you're trained to look get exact, diagnose, and fix. That's the funnest part about this show is people call in and they ask some of the most random questions and you're left there trying to figure out exactly what they're referring to. But in reality, you have a pretty good idea just based off of history alone. You can get a good idea of what's going on. It's the same thing for athletic injuries. Sometimes we try to make them sound sexier or bigger just because it's a pro, but it's the same injury that happens to my neighbor or, or to myself, and we still have to go through the same re- rehabilitation process just without as many fancy gizmos sometimes. You heard Dr. Monson say it right there. We do take phone calls. Uh, Dr. Nick Monson, Hans Olson, we hang out, basically give our time to you, the listener, to call in with any of your medical issues. Now, I, I tend to come in when I've got Dr. Monson in studio, I tend to come in with five or six things that I want answers to myself with some of these athletes. So I apologize for taking up some of the time, but phone lines are wide open. 855-340-9663. That phone number, 855-340-9663. And it doesn't matter what you're dealing with. Any pains, aches, kids are back to football. So if you got a 12-year-old or a 14-year-old and you don't know what's going on with them, Volleyball's in session. I've got three girls now playing in volleyball. Volleyball's in session. They're they're having some aches or pains or some strains. I'd love to get your thoughts, and, and Dr. Monson can help you in the right direction to recovery. And Let's see if we can get you some help without having to sit in a waiting room, without exactly having to go through the whole session. Let's see if we can get you pointed in the right direction back to good health. That's 855 340 9663. Let's do this. Let's load up the phone lines. We'll take a quick one and we'll come right back to your phone calls. It's Doc Talk brought to you by University of Utah Health at sportsmed.uofuhealth.org. Doc Talk with Hans Olsen on 97.5 and 1280. The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to Doc Talk, 855-340-9663 to jump on the phone line with us. Dr. Nick Monson hanging out in the studio. Again, that's 855-340-9663. And we just want to help you with any injuries you might be dealing with. And I do appreciate the physicians taking time out of their busy day to come in and give us an hour and take some of these phone calls and answer some of these questions. 
Dr. Monson hanging out with us. And Dr. Monson, I want to remind everybody of the injury clinic. Uh, you can either come in Monday through Thursday, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. without a, a without an official appointment. appointment. And then you can come in Friday from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. So moms, dads, anybody out there that's listening, I want you to understand that sometimes appointments are hard. And it's really hard, especially like if you want a high-level orthopedic physician, it's really difficult sometimes. This is an open walk-in clinic, and you will be seen then. And, you know, there are times that it's busier than others, but generally we get you in pretty quick. We do. So Monday through Thursday, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., a four-hour window, late evenings, Monday through Thursday, and then Friday, 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. And these are just great ways for you to come in, see if you can get your injury figured out and moving forward on it. Other than that, Phone calls will take as well, and we'll see if we can help you that way. 855-340-9663. You know, I mentioned earlier that you uh, do a lot in concussion, in concussion research, and trying to evaluate and understand the word uh, the world of concussions. Yeah. How, how far along are we within the last year? How far along are we? Uh, in, in a year's development, we're, we're, I think we're getting the most progress, probably more on um, the understanding of concussions and on the uh, uh, diagnostic side of detecting a concussion. Uh, as far as the treatment of concussion, we're still continuing, and there's there's growth and and progress on that. But there's not like a pill that you take to get rid of a concussion or anything. There's still the natural healing process of the body that we just now know how to navigate. A patient through that healing process a little bit smoother than we used to. So it seems like that that part's better. Are we understanding the extent of the long-term damage of it more and more? Or is that something we've put on the back burner? No, that's something that's still actively being looked at, and it's, it is being understood more. It's still without a firm definition of, for example, you know, CTE or chronic traumatic encephalopathy, anything like that. We still don't have an exact this is what causes it, this is what it, the eventual outcome is, um, but we are understanding more regarding that. Well, hopefully we can continue to get this thing figured out and make football as safe as we can, uh, you know, and, and make sure, ensure the longevity of the game because we have seen a, a, a pretty severe decline in youth sign-ups and yeah. it, it seems to be dwindling a little bit, but it continues to be this country's favorite sport. So I'm just always dedicated to knowing more and more about concussions and if we're finding out new things moving forward it does seem like the initial fervor of the injury has worn off a little bit like it it feels like it's less talked about less scrutiny and more like okay now we know and the football players know let's go back to playing yeah to a certain extent but if you look at it there's still modifications that are being made to rules to protect players more um yeah, I mean, there was this new league that came out, the, uh, the uh, AAF, AAF yep. that came out, and they actually had a, a number of rules that were very specific towards that. There were, you know, uh, actually no kickoffs, um, mm-hmm. just different rules like that that seemed to minimize the incidence of concussion. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't 
I wouldn't be surprised to see some of those things instituted here in the next couple of years in the NFL. Um, I was just reading in college football, there's a a new rule of blindside defensive hitting. So there's a lot of different things they're doing. Hopefully they can continue to increase and, and protect those guys. All right, let's jump out to the phone lines. Dr. Nick Monson hanging out with us here on Doc Talk, brought to you by University of Utah Health. Let's go out to Robert. You're up first with Dr. Monson. Robert, go ahead. Oh, hi. Hello. Hey, Dr. Robert. Nick. Hey, I got a crazy thing happened. Um, I smashed my finger in a door really hard uh-huh. about like two weeks ago. And it's it hurt, and it's like, well, yeah, it hurt. But it still hurts. Like it still feels like I just did it. Yeah. And I'm I'm wondering if if it's like like what do you think I did? Like do you think I crushed a bone or Well, it's possible if you smashed it in a door, man. <laughs> where 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 does it hurt at? Which finger is it? It's uh like my pointy finger. Okay. And it's it's clear down at the end so it's like well there's probably nothing they can do so i never went in but can you flex your finger down yeah it'll flex down if you hold the middle joint can you still flex it down if you're holding the middle joint and and bend it down yeah and you can extend it up all the way make it straight yeah all right Honestly, you're kind of right. If if you did, and it's not uncommon, well, they're called a tuft fracture, where you break the very end of the bone. And uh, most of the time, we just watch those and let them heal. You just protect it, put something on it, so you're not sitting there jamming it all the time, because that's a hard time healing if you're constantly banging up against it. But uh, so yeah. it's not, it's not like it can heal incorrectly. Uh, theoretically, I mean, again, you don't know the extent of it. If right. it goes into the joint, it can make a bigger difference. If you have that motion to it, it's a little bit more reassuring. Without an x-ray, I mean, the x-ray is really going to give you a lot more information on that. So, Robert's two. did you say two weeks in, Robert? Yeah, it may even have been a little longer. But, I mean, it hurts really bad still. Like, like I just slammed it, like, today. Like, it feels the same. How well, it, it, may, it may be hurt a little worse at the time, but, I mean, it still hurts really bad. How long will you experience but, that, that initial pain? Yeah, I can speak pain? from experience on this one, man. I, I jammed, I uh, banged my finger pretty hard. Uh, it was about a year and a half ago. And uh, I actually went and had a, a hand therapist make me just a custom splint to protect the ends of my fingers just because they were so sore after I did that. Um, and I wore that splint for probably a good four weeks just because it was that tender to even you know try and grab something or touch something. Um, and then it eventually started to ease up from there. So not, not uncommon to see that. You don't want to get stuck in a splint for a long period of time, just as we were talking about with the, the hand before. You don't want it to get overly stiff. But if it's still bothering you that much, swinging by and getting a quick x-ray is not a bad thought just to make sure you're on the right track with healing. And then most of the time it's just prevention from there. Dr. Monson, I've, I've seen like at you know some of these pharmacies or like a Walgreens, they do have those individual finger splints yeah. that you can place in and strap over or tape tape around. Would that help? If he mobilized it, would that help? kind of withdraw some of the pain? Yeah, I mean, really, it's just protecting the end of it. If that's all that's hurting is just the very tip of it, you just protect that. So if one of those helps protect it when you're active, throw it on then and then take it off the rest of the time and keep it moving. And then plenty of ibuprofen. What's better for that? Is it ibuprofen or is it would it be Tylenol? It's whatever works best for people. If you ask me, Tylenol reduces a fever, but it doesn't help out much with pain. 
yeah. ibuprofen is much better for pain, but uh, you, you find out which one works better, and then it's based off their medical history, too, you, making sure that there's not a contraindication for them taking one of those medications. Does that cut any of the pain, Robert? Um, yeah, I haven't really taken anything for it. I I just was surprised that it just keeps hurting and hurting, and, and I'm thinking of my, you know, being foolish for not going and getting it looked at, but at the same time, it's like, what are they going to be able to do? It's the, the very tip. Sound, you sound like the so, kind of guy that likes to rub some dirt on it, huh? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to know what to do if you don't uh, have uh, an x-ray on it, but uh, it sounds like you're not going to be uh, way offline with with where you're at right now either. So you can okay. watch it for yeah, another week or two if you want, but otherwise I'd, I'd jump in and grab a quick x-ray so you have a better definition of it. I appreciate your advice. You got it. Thanks for the call, Robert. That's exactly what we're here for. 855-340-9663. Jump on with Dr. Nick Monson here on Doc Talk, brought to you by University of Utah Health. Again, that's 855-340-9663. Go out to Kyle. You're next with Dr. Monson. Go ahead, Kyle. Hey, how's it going? Very good. Hey, Kyle. So I have a hip issue i've been dealing with it for about a month and a half and i really just don't know who to go see to be honest with you okay um it's if i stretch it it feels like a muscle issue and if i stretch it it will like burn like it burns and so much so it'll wake me up at night okay and i don't know if it's a muscle issue or like during the day it doesn't hurt as bad i mean it still hurts like i can feel it's always there what? But I don't know, like, about what? arthritis or... How old are you? Uh, 38. Have you injured that hip before? I, I played football, but I i mean, it wasn't like I ever broke it. What part of the hip hurts? Is it the front, the side, <sighs> the back? It's its the side and the inside. So kind of front to inside or uh, front yeah. to outside there? Yeah. Okay. Is there a part that you can push on and make it hurt? No. It doesn't. It doesn't hurt to the touch. And is there a position that you notice that when you're twisting in bed or something that bothers it? Like if you turn your toes in towards the other toes, or if you turn them outward, or yeah. So if I turn it in, I turn my toes inward. Yeah. It relieves the pain a little bit. It relieves the pain. Yeah. Okay. And if I if I turn it outside, or if I pull it up like I'm sitting Indian style, uh-huh. that hurts a little bit more. Like I said, any any of the stretching, yeah, it hurts. No popping or catching in the hip, no swelling no. that you've noticed. No. Okay. Um, there are there are muscles in that area that could rep- you know kind of mimic that type of pain, and that's possible. Uh, have you tried doing any stretching for it? Is there a stretch um, that bothers I, it or provokes it? Well, like, yeah, like I said, I tried. I've tried to stretch it out, and it hurts worse after I stretch it. Is there a stretch that before. hurts when you're doing it? Yeah, like the. You know, the butterfly stretch that we used to do in football. Okay. Um, that really hurts. Okay. Uh, the differentiation muscle versus actually from the hip joint, a little tough to say. It's probably one that would be nice to evaluate you at the same time. Your, one of your questions was, who would you see for that? And that's kind of right down our alley of what we do with, uh, with sports medicine. Um, so you'd probably hop in with one of your uh, local sports med docs. We'd be happy to take a look at you and get you a little better idea as to what's causing it. Um, 
This would be a good clinic walk-in, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, you could definitely walk up to the uh, injury clinic and have have them take a okay. look at it. Because it doesn't sound pressing. Did uh, Did you hear us talking about the clinic, the the walk-up clinic? Yes, I did. Okay, so you could between four and eight p.m. Monday through Thursday. Tomorrow you could come in twelve p.m. to six p.m. and that's up at the corner of Wakara Way and Foothill Drive, and that's probably something where he could walk in, Doc, and and be looked at and at least evaluated. Yeah. Uh, is it the the way he's talking about this does it make you nervous that there's some pretty severe damage or no. No, he I mean this is pretty new and onset without an injury. He's, you know, a young healthy guy otherwise it sounds like. So I think it's probably more of something that's been provoked and should be able to calm down. Honestly, typically what we have a lot of success with is getting uh, some of those muscles that surround the hip to stabilize it, uh, and it takes pressure off of the irritated portion of the hip, um, whether it's the joint or the muscle. A lot of it involves uh, strengthening the whole the whole uh, structures around it, kind of the core muscles around your abdomen and then the the hip muscles. So I think you're gonna I think you'll watch this get better, but uh, I think it's probably worth getting on and figuring out how to how to address it a little bit quicker. How long have you been dealing with this, Kyle? About a month and a half. Yeah, and no back pain, correct? No. Yeah. It, it's just, yeah, I, I don't want to aggravate it either. Would it hurt if I went and played, you know, athletic, do any athletic sports on it? or? Uh, it'd be interesting to find out. I mean, it's one of those that it doesn't sound like you're going to put yourself in harm's way by trying a little bit, but I would not recommend that, uh, you know, if your question is, should I go play four hours of church ball, that would be a no. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to okay. go out and, you know, shoot some hoop for half an hour and see how it feels after, and then it doesn't bother you and introduce a little bit more rigorous to or it, that's job fine. for a half mile or something? Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely approach it on a on a gentle basis, find out how how it responds, and then you can move on from there. How old are you, Kyle? Oh. 38. 38. Does does age have play any impact on a diagnosis? Yeah, to a certain extent. I mean, family history of osteoarthritis or a previous injury can, you know, predict that there might be a higher chance that part of his pain could be from underlying osteoarthritis. But he's pretty young for that. I think we have a solid sounding hip. It's just a matter of working on what's around it. Well, Kyle, good luck to you, man. Hopefully we can we can get this thing figured out. Any other questions? No. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, you Got bet. It. That's what we're here for, 855-340-9663. You're listening to Doc Talk with Dr. Nick Monson from University of Utah Health. Just hanging out, trying to get you some ideas on what's going on with your body. Go back out to the phone lines and go to Paul. You're up next with Dr. Monson. Go ahead, Paul. Well, here, uh, about, four, about four years ago, I was out there, you know, myself. I hurt my knee and uh, didn't think too much of it. I just... Uh, Walked, put ice on it, and after a few days, everything was fine. And about uh, two or three months later, I, I went to my orthopedic surgeon to check my hip that I'd had done, and he checked my knee, and he said I'd fractured it. But he says he felt that just to let it go and let it heal myself, and I thought, well, that's kind of unusual for a doctor to do that, but evidently things worked out real well that way. <laughs> you had any experience in something like that? It depends if the doctor has a car payment or not, you know? I mean, if he had a car payment, you would have needed surgery for that, my man. No, yeah. there, again, this goes back to our discussion of fractures. It depends on the kind of fracture that you have. And some, some breaks are ones that we know will heal and do very well. 
And other ones are ones that we know that if we don't help stabilize it with a, a surgical procedure, they just won't heal right, and you'll pay you'll pay the price well, for that in the future. It seems like it healed real well, so I'm not in trouble with it for a few years. So. Well, keep drinking your milk. <laughs> sounds good. Uh, I was lucky, I think. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you listened to the doc and did it the right way. Yes, thank you. I do. I, I try to listen to her. He's the same doctor that did my hip. And I've been really pleased with that. Did you do a full replacement on your hip? A full repl- hip replacement, yes, sir. It's yeah. kind of life-changing, isn't it? That's a good surgery. Well, it did. It went from a, a constant pain and agony to a, a person that can feel decent and, and uh, get back and do exercise and do a lot of other things now. Good. Any other questions before we let you go, Paul? No, I uh, I got another one, but that's for, that's for different times because it's a little bit different injury, but... Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. You bet, Paul. Thanks for the call. That's Thanks. what we are hopefully here to do is give some people some help. Um, full hip replacements, they seem to be really at the peak right now, like really a solid surgery. Yeah, knee and hip. Man, they're, they're, they're surgeries where, uh, you know, if the patient's health and age and all the other factors that play into whether they're a good candidate, if they if they line up right – I love to have my patients have those done because they're just a good, successful surgery that does change their life. There are plenty of other factors that sometimes don't allow them to be able to participate in life or to participate in the surgery as well. And so we have a lot of other treatment options that are available for people as well. Dr. Peters replaced my mom's hip. Yeah. And he did my mom's knee. Yeah. Yeah. He's a miracle worker. Yeah, he's a good guy. The recovery process and and just the the kindness that he showed to yeah. her and his staff was was incredibly kind, really an incredible physician and that surgery couldn't have gone better for her. So good. appreciate that. And then Doctor Mack is is constantly on call for my family. Yeah, good. Oh yeah, yeah, he's every, a good guy. Every one of my kids, I get a sprain and I call Doctor Mack like the whole world's coming down. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do, man. <laughs> I'm really losing my mind. That's okay. He has nothing else to do but take your calls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the the best is, he, you know, all you guys are so calm about things. Yeah. That's what I love. You know, as a dad that doesn't know a lot about these injuries and you see a kid that's in pain and you're freaking out and the whole world's coming down and you call uh, you know, an orthopedic surgeon or a physician and they're like, oh, no, no, this is common. Yeah. We, we can get this fixed. And you're like... Oh, my gosh, I thought I was going to have to put him down. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I didn't know what else to do. Well, we see the gamut in clinic. I mean, you have people that come in, and you just reassure them that it's okay, and that's all they, that's all they need, and that's fine. We're happy to see those patients. And you have other ones that, you know, the parents bring their kid in, after, you know, two weeks after injury, and they have a, you know, a, a major fracture that needs something done with it. And you think, well, you know, there's kind of that fine line of when do you, you know, tell them to rub dirt on it and tough it out versus when do you, when do you approach it? So we're always happy to see anybody. And, you know, we're, I, I, I hate to sound conf, overconfident, but I think we have one of the best groups out there. I think our uh, medical care that we provide is pretty high. So Well, obviously through just national, national acknowledgement, the University of Utah Health really dominates the field in a lot of different areas. And so that's why I love doing this. 855-340-9663. The opportunity to call up some of the best physicians in this area, if not in the nation, and pick their brain on an injury that you're dealing with or a situation that you're dealing with. That's what they're here for. 855-340-9663. We'll take a quick break. Come right back to your phone calls here on Doc Talk 97.5, 12 into the zone. 
Dog Talk with Hans Olsen on 97.5 and 12.80. The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Love our listeners, so we put together Doc Talk. We bring on a physician and give you the opportunity to call up and explain your injury and what you're dealing with. We'll see if we can get a couple of uh, calls in just before the show ends here. Kevin, you're up next with Dr. Monson. Go ahead, man. So I'm calling in about carpal tunnel syndrome. So I, I've been tested. Do I have it? What are my options for getting it resolved? Is there anything other than a surgical procedure? And if so, gosh, how long does that take me? Yeah. So carpal tunnel syndrome just kind of makes it so I can't do what I need to do. Yeah, yeah. There, there are a couple options of what you can do. Um, initial treatment often involves bracing. Uh, can, the most. Can you explain what this is? Oh carpal yeah, carpal tunnel. tunnel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so there's a nerve uh, that uh, runs through the uh, uh, palm side of your hand and supplies sensation to kind of your thumb and uh, next two digits next to it uh, for sensation. And it also controls a lot of the uh, strength in the hand. So when that nerve gets pinched by a thick band of tissue that goes across the uh, palm aspect of your uh, uh, wrist, it uh, pinches up against that nerve and it stops that. It makes it hurt wherever that nerve runs. So it kind of goes to those three fingers and it makes those uh, muscles a little bit weaker uh, for function. And if it's severe enough, you can actually start to see some muscle wasting and other issues that develop. And in that, in that situation, we're pretty prone to just say, hey, go on for surgery. But if it's in the more painful phase where you're trying to deal with it and trying to figure out alternative options, uh, bracing is usually pretty helpful. A lot of people uh, benefit the most from bracing at nighttime or on job duties if they're, you know, a frequent manual laborer. Uh, nighttime is often a time where your wrist kind of folds over on itself a little bit. The palm comes down towards the forearm, and uh, that tends to pinch the nerve just a little bit more. So if you brace it up at night, it tends to uh, not, not uh, impinge on the nerve as much during that time. Uh, and then uh, looking at uh, job habits, uh, ergonomics of your workspace to see if there's something that you can do from getting your hand in a flex position too much is, is pretty helpful for people. Uh, you can inject it. So I, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yep, so they're, they're for uh, pain relief. I, I, I'm definitely I'm definitely beyond probably the bracing issue. I mean, when you talk about you know muscle atrophy, yeah, my forearms are smaller than they used to be. Uh, so, I, you know, it's definitely affected lots of things. What kind of downtime does this. surgery require? And can they do both at the same time, or am I asking for too much problems to do both at the same time? Uh, what do you do for work? I'm a woodworker. I, I've got, you know, tools in my hands. I, I do lots of, you know, heavy woodworking. So I, I work with chainsaws, but I do a lot of, you know, small hand tools. So, yeah. you know, being able to use my hands is important. The, the decision for doing it is uh, dependent on the uh, surgeon. Um, you know, if they're going to do one sure. side versus both sides, it can be done on both sides theoretically, but you are splinted for usually a couple of weeks after to allow the incision to heal. Recovery time after that's really fast. Um, it's a very successful, easy, quick surgery. It can be done with sedation or without sedation. Um, a lot of our university providers are happy to do it even just in a procedure room uh, where they'll provide uh, local anesthesia and perform it for you that way. Um, otherwise, it can be done under anesthesia, but it's typically a 10 to 15 minute procedure and, and pretty quick on the recovery side of things as well. And and that typically takes care of the pain. It does. Yeah. Is, uh, is, yeah, car- just- is, is carpal tunnel syndrome, is it hereditary? Uh, there's probably a hereditary component to it. There's also, uh, I mean, so there is a hereditary component to it, but there's also a lot of uh, overusage or just aspect that's related to a, a person's occupation or, or lifestyle. 
Well, we appreciate the call, and, and hopefully we can get you that help in moving forward towards recovery. And, Dr. Monson, it's been a lot of fun having you in studio, man. Yeah, good to be back. Yeah, really appreciate you guys coming in and, and taking taking your time to, to help us out. By the way, is that something, the carpal tunnel and, and the, the surgical situation and the evaluation, is that, even that, is that something that you could come into the walk-in clinic for? Uh, yeah, I mean, we could see you in the walk-in clinic for carpal tunnel. There's some testing that we wouldn't be able to do immediately at that time. But there are, like I mentioned, that there is a possibility of an injection that can be done, and most of our providers in the clinic can actually do that uh, uh, for you at that time. Is that a, what is that, a steroid? Uh-huh, yep. And that just takes some of the inflammation away? It does, yep. Well, Dr. Monson, thank you so much. If you're looking to get a hold of some of these amazing physicians, sportsmed.uofuhealth.org. Give them a call, 801-587-7109. We'll see you back in a couple of weeks here on Doc Talk.